Matthew 15, we're going to begin in verse 29. Would you stand with me, please? I pray, and as I read the word of God, I'm going to ask you to remain standing today as I read, um, if you're able to. If you're not, that's, that's fine. Let's have a word of prayer. We thank you right now, Lord. And again, we thank you for Wanye, for being here, and his father, Michael. And we pray again that you will bless him. Thank you that when we see the results of your, your wonderful hand of mercy and kindness on a young man and where he's shown discipline, and that you will continue to help him. Most of all, Lord, if he has to go into war, keep him safe. Today we pray for the family. We pray for his mom, his dad, his brother and sisters. We lift up this body of believers in this place. Those that don't know you, we are still praying that God, the word of the Lord, will speak to the lives of people. They'll say yes to the glorious plan of God. Give us ears to hear. Give us a heart to obey. Give us feet to walk out this message. We pray that you will bless the speaker. Bless me as I preach the word of God. We pray that you will give guidance and insight. Those that have lost loved ones, we lift them up in a special way. Pray for them. Pray for the family. Pray for strength. In Jesus' name, we give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing as I read Matthew chapter 15, verses 29 through 39. This is what it says. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, And many others, and they put them at his feet, and he healed them, so that the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, and the lame, the lame walking, and the blind seen. And they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven, and a few small fish. And directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. Those who ate were 4,000 men, besides women and children. And after sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. You may be seated. I'm going to read another passage in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 35. Because of the time, I'm not going to wait till you get there. I'm going to just go ahead and read it. I'm going to read. I was going to read verses 4 and fi- six, four through 6. I'm going to concentrate. Actually, read verses 5 and 6. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame men leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. As a title for this message, I'm just writing it down, this is what it is. As a title, 
from compassion to doubt, from obedience to deliverance. From compassion to doubt, from obedience to deliverance. Deliverance. One more time. From compassion to doubt, from obedience to deliverance. Compassion and doubt often run counter to one another. Faith in Jesus at times can come from the most unlikely people. Great doubt was often expressed by the ones you would least expect it from. When Jesus left Tyre and Sidon, he went to the area of the Decapolis. Quote, the Decapolis was a political association of ten independent Greek cities or states. They had the ability to mint their own coins. The Romans allowed them to also have their own army. This is the area that Jesus came to after he granted the Syrophoenician woman her request that her daughter be delivered from the demon that was oppressing her that we looked at last week. After Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, Matthew 14:29 says that Jesus went up on a mountain and sat down. Point number one, when crowds search for Jesus. I'm going to read a passage in the book of Mark, chapter 7, verses 31 through 37. I want you just to listen as this ties in to this message. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him and taking him aside from the crowd privately, He put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue, and looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealously They proclaimed it, and they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. In this Gospel of Mark, Jesus heals a man after taking him aside, takes him away from the crowd, and instructs the man that he is to say nothing about what has happened. But this man went out and broadcasted it, what Jesus did as well as the others that Jesus had spoken to. Some commentators believe that this event in this area led the people that we read about in Matthew to come to Jesus on this mountain. In the book of Matthew, he does not record this single event. What Matthew records is all the people 
coming to Jesus as he is up on the mountain. Now, if you remember, it was in the region of the Decapolis where the two men in the tomb that were demon-possessed came to Jesus, and Jesus sent the, the, the pigs, the demons, into the pigs. And you remember the pigs that rushed over the bank. And that man wanted to come to Jesus and wanted to follow the Lord. And the Lord says, no, go back home and tell everyone the good things the Lord has done for you. Now, while Jesus was initially asked after healing this man, the people says, please leave. I told you when they saw all those pork chops rushing over into the water. They said, Jesus, you are not good for business. Please leave this area. Our economy is going to go into a recession, sending our food away. <laughs> now, it was in the Decapolis that this man went back and told all these things that had happened. Now, we see the various illnesses that the Lord brought all the people brought to Jesus. And there were problems that, that came to Jesus, but they're not listed. Matthew records all these people coming to the Lord. And while Jesus was asked to leave initially, this group of people now goes to him on the mountain. You see, there's something about Jesus that draws people to him. You see, there are times when people think they can make it on their own. There are times when people say that, that I don't need the Lord. I can make it in this life on my own, only to come to the place where they run into difficulties that they did not anticipate. And when they hit those barriers, they pause and say, what is happening? And then they think back and remember what they said some time ago. You see, when the Lord brought deliverance to the Syrophoenician woman's daughter who was a Gentile, Jesus remained in that area of the Gentiles. But I can imagine that when this man who had been even cured or where the demons were sent out of the two men, I can think about the people that said, Jesus, leave. I can imagine that they said, wait a minute. Is this that same Jesus that we asked to, that we asked to leave our area? That, that healed the Syrophoenician woman where the men had told us about and now has healed this deaf man? I can imagine that those people reflected. And as this man is healed, I can imagine their mind began to turn and to think about, wait a minute, we sent him away. He left us. But you see, it's very interesting because Jesus knows what we need and he might just show back up on the scene unannounced. And on this occasion in the area, he is not only welcomed, but we see people being brought to him and laid at his feet. The crowds went in search for Jesus because they heard what the Lord had done. Now, even though this man was told, don't say anything, this man went out and broadcasted. You see, there are times when 
you have to keep some things to yourself. Timing is really, really important. There are times when you said, you know what, I just was by that area and could have had an accident. The accident happened two minutes after I went through that area. And we sometimes say, it was luck. He says, no, it was only by the grace of the Almighty God. You see, if a person belongs to the Lord, your life is already orchestrated and your, and your dates and your times have already been planned by him. These people that are being brought to Jesus, the sick that are being laid before him, the lame, the blind, the mute, they're all being laid right at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says that he healed them. Huh. How much do you really search for Jesus? Do you search for him only when things are going bad? Or do you maintain such a relationship so that when trouble comes, you just simply say, Lord, I'm in some dire straits. I need your help. How interesting that those that were referred to as less than deserving of God's grace are coming to benefit from his compassion. The word that spoke about from Jesus, the word that he uses most times that you'll see, more than oftentimes love, joy, is his compassion. You read that Jesus has compassion for the people. And his compassion causes him to act. And to respond. And you've got to imagine that it was his compassion that allowed and caused him to heal those people that were brought to him. Point number two. Compassion expressed to circumvent disaster. Compassion expressed to circumvent disaster. In Matthew 15 32, it says, Then Jesus called his disciples and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat, and I am willing and I am unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. Compassion expressed to circumvent disaster. When Jesus calls us to himself, it must always be seen as a blessing, first of all. Whenever you're called by God, it is always a blessing. Some people say, oh, God, God is calling me now. What does he want? It is never a problem when the Lord calls you. It is a blessing, even when he has to chastise you. Your children don't always like to be chastised, but they need it at times. They don't always know what's best for them. A loving parent will discipline their child. Children who run wild, who have no discipline, are not loved by their parents. Why? Because discipline and love will restrain that child. How can a two-year-old know what's best for them? Telling their parents everything and anything. And the parents, oh, well, isn't that cute? No, it's not cute at that age. Children need to be able to learn right from wrong. And the parents have been put there to give them what they need. You see, if children allowed to, or if they are allowed to run 
unrestrained, they will eventually cause society problems later on. And so it requires discipline. So when Jesus calls us to himself, it is a blessing. When Jesus called his disciples to himself in this verse, he laid out a problem to them because of the compassion that he had for the crowd. Jesus' compassion goes beyond oftentimes our ability to understand. We just don't get Jesus' compassion. We oftentimes miss how compassionate he is. I tell you, I would have been through with some people a long time ago. Jesus goes on, he can put up with a lot. I would have been said after the second time, I am through. But the Lord in his compassion continues to extend his arm. Y'all better thank the Lord I'm not Jesus. I would have been sending lightning bolts on some. <laughs> That's me out of my flesh. <laughs> thank the Lord that Jesus has compassion for the people. Now, the people had been with Jesus, the Bible says, for three days. And they had not made adequate preparation for the trip that they made to go see him. These people were in the presence of the Lord. They did not want to leave him, and they stayed there for three days. They remained with him, even though they had not planned to be there that long. But once they were in the presence of the Lord, they could not leave. Isn't it something when you can come to the Lord's presence and you just don't want to leave? You just, oh, the Lord is, I got to go. I got, but oh, I just don't want to leave. Sometimes when you begin to seek and pray and, and to serve the Lord, it gets good and you don't want to part from that time of being with him. And it was during this time that they're up on the mountain that the people ran out of food that they brought. And the Lord brings this matter to the disciples and says, the people don't have food and I'm unwilling to send them away. Now we need to understand this is not the same story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. There are some commentators who or those who are agitators, I should say, who try to say this is just the same story. No, it is not. There are some major differences in this story here. But let me go on. Jesus, in his compassion for the people, told the disciples that if these people leave and head home without eating, some of them are going to faint. On the way, as Mark says, because some of them, if we didn't read Mark's account, some have come from a long distance. Now, in Mark's account, Mark records this same account in chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. So if you want to compare the two in your own Bible study, Mark chapter 8, 1 through 9, you will read that. And he has a couple things here and adds other, some other details in his account. We should also note the similarity in the sense of Matthew 5 when Jesus gave his sermon on the mount that he went up on the mountain and the people came to him. But in the passage before us, it does not say that Jesus preached, but we have to know that he did because you're not going to be with Jesus three days and not get a word from the word. He is the Logos. He is the word, so he's going to give the word, but the Bible does not describe or say what he taught the people. But we know they're with him, they're with him for three days, and they now 
have to leave and they don't have food. And so in this case, the Lord calls the disciples to him. Now, if you remember in the previous story, it was the disciples who came to Jesus, tell the people to leave. Tell them to leave and go home and go get some food because there ain't no food out in this place. Please tell them to leave. And the Lord, in this case, he told them, they ain't got to go nowhere. I mean, my vernacular. Y'all feed them. And they said, with what? Now, in this matter here, as we read, the Lord actually calls the disciples. And he raises the matter. And the thing that we note about Jesus, the reason that he doesn't want them to leave is because he says, I have compassion for the people because they haven't eaten. They've been with me now, receiving from me. And now, if they leave without having physical nourishment, they're going to die or pass out faint along the way. Because some of them, according to Mark says, they came from a long distance. You know, that's something when people come from a distance because they want to be with Jesus. Jesus' compassion is often expressed by him for his people, and now he is concerned about their physical need because they have no food. The people stayed with Jesus and did not want to leave, and now Jesus, in turn, wants to provide what's needed to circumvent certain disaster for the people. Certain disaster is going to happen if they leave without eating. That's why y'all need to eat breakfast in the morning. Y'all need to eat something. Eat something. (laughs) These people are not eating just, they haven't eaten because they don't have any food, but they didn't want to leave because they're in the presence of the Lord. And here the Lord now says, I'm concerned about the physical need of people. You see, sometimes people think that God doesn't care about them. Spiritually nor physically. God knows what you need. And he's concerned about you. Even though when the Lord calls people, they sometimes feel that God does not care. He knows you by name. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how many I don't have. For the longest, when I was losing my hair up top, I said, my dad had a full head of hair. How come I ain't got no hair? Took after my mom's side of the family. Daisy, old, long hair. And here I am losing my hair. So when I was losing my hair, I, I didn't want to cut it all off, so I leave patches on it, you know, trying to get it cut. No, no, leave that, leave that, leave that there. Ain't ready to have that go just yet. That don't look right. I don't care. I ain't ready to go. Leave, leave my little bit of hair on top that I had. Here I'm walking around with hair all uneven, hair and none here. And got to the place where I said, okay, we can go and cut it down to the next level. So you get those, those, those clippers and you put the little blade on. Okay, go on, on this level here. Just go on to the next level. All right. Or just take the, just take the, the, the whole the guard off. Just take the guard off. Now, it, 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 it's, it, it's style to be able to walk around with no hair. I'm, I'm, I'm in good company now. <laughs> Tell them, ain't we in good company, Brother Don? Amen. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Jesus knows exactly what you need, and he can take care of the problem. 
So Jesus expresses to the disciples uh, this, this. He expresses to the disciples a compassion for the people to circumvent certain disaster. Point three. Those closest to Jesus continue to doubt. Those closest to Jesus continue to doubt. You'll see that in Matthew 15, 33. The crowd that came to Jesus, they were Gentile. The crowd that was with Jesus, the 5,000, they were Jewish. The 5,000 that came to Jesus were Jewish. The 4,000 that he's now dealing with here are Gentile. Two different groups of people. Look at the Lord. The disciples lived with and ate with Jesus. They were taught in private sessions with Jesus. They witnessed most every miracle of Jesus. And they continue to show great doubt when it comes to trusting Jesus. The crowd that came to the Lord were Gentiles, had not really been around Jesus, but yet they came from long distances. They believed in the Lord, and so they brought the lame and the sick, the blind. They brought all of those people and laid them at the feet of Jesus because they expected something to happen, and they didn't even live with him. So the Lord, in his showing compassion, the disciples have the nerve after just experiencing the feeding of 5,000 men alone, up to 10, 11, 12, 13,000 people with five loaves and two fish. They saw this. They participated. And they have the nerve. No, ain't got no bread in this desolate, this desolate place. Where are we going to get the food to feed this people? How could there be such a contrast between the disciples who were with Jesus, lived with him, and Gentiles who were the outcast. How could there be such a difference in their faith and the disciples' doubt? Just like those often in the church where might be in the church all their life, but then some come in and just accept the Lord and show greater faith than those who have been with the Lord throughout the years. We have a short memory of God's blessings and answers, but a long memory of doubt. We wonder how the disciples can form the question about the food supply when Jesus himself is with them. Whenever you've got Jesus with you, you have everything that you need. Doubt will cause you to question Jesus, even though you have no reason to question him. When your child would question you about certain things, you say, didn't I take care of that before? You, you might sometimes get upset with some of the questions they may ask because if they're constantly wondering, are we going to be able to eat? Are we going to be able to eat? You say, I take care of you. Most children that are well taken care of, they don't even think about eating. They just know that it's going to be there. They think money grows on trees. Can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? Just tell the Lord, we, we, we can get it. They have no concept. Until they get a little older. And got to go make a living. And the break's going, oh, wait a minute. But as long as I can live off of daddy and mommy money, it's an endless supply. (laughs) So they think. But whenever we're in the presence of God, he's able to meet every need. 
and yet the disciples live with him, and yet they continue to doubt. Point four, and I'll soon be done. Jesus comes through once again, and the disciples are participants. Jesus comes through once again, and the disciples are participants. The disciples should have immediately thought, hey, wait a minute, fellas. We've been in this situation before. The Lord took care of this matter. The Lord took care of this situation. When trust in the Lord is not building on previous answers from him, you will always find yourself approaching Jesus like it is the first time that you've ever come to him. If you don't remember what the Lord has done for you, and you always are questioning and putting aside, every time you come to him, it will be like a first-time experience, and you're not building on what he's already done and how he's proven himself. If I give to the Lord based on how I feel, I won't give, but it's not based on how I feel. I don't give based on how I feel. I give based on trust and what God says in his word. Do you not know I've told you that you grow by what you go through? You don't grow because everything is rosy. Most people go grow because they've gone through some experiences in life. The, the disciples began to learn and they finally got most of the lesson after Jesus died and rose from the dead. But even while they were with him, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. And the Lord is right there. So we find the disciples now doing what Jesus said to do, told them to have the people to sit down. Once they found out when Jesus finds, he already knew what they, what they had, but when he says to them, how, how, what do we have? We have seven loaves and a few fish even though it's not enough to meet the needs of the people. You see, one of the problems that people have is that we hold on to our stuff and afraid to put it in the hands of the Lord. Because once we put it in the hands of the Lord, he knows how to multiply it. When we keep it, when we come to the Lord like this, he can put nothing in our hands, nor can he take anything out. But when we come to the Lord, says, God, I come with my hands open to you. What does he do? He can put in and take out what he decides to. The reason some people are not blessed more is because they come with a closed hand. Even though the provisions are all over the place, God is more than able to do everything to meet your needs, and yet we come from this matter of a poverty-stricken Approach. We come with this idea that God can't do it. And that's how the disciples came. I don't know what we're going to do. And they're in the very presence of the king of glory. As I said, one of the most interesting things here is that Jesus does this miracle for a group of Gentiles while the feeding of the first group was primarily Jewish. And here we have this group of people. Now get this. Where the Syrophoenician woman had come to the Lord... And said, would you heal my daughter? The first thing we noted last time was that Jesus ignored her. He was silent. And then it's as if I said on Wednesday that as one commentator said, as if Jesus literally walked away. And she comes to him again and then gets in front of him and says, Jesus, would you heal my daughter? 
not good to take the bread and give it. Well, that was the third one, to the dog. But to, to make this matter short, first, the second thing he said is, I've come to the lost tribe of Israel. I, didn't, I came for the lost children of Israel. Lord, help me. And then the third thing, he says, it's not good to take the, the bread of the children and give to dogs. But then she says, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And from that, Jesus says, go your way. What you have desired, it has happened. Your request is granted. This Canaanite woman, given what happened to her, she being a Gentile, you oftentimes see the Lord do various things, even though he at times puts a halt on what it appears he's going to do. Example, his first miracle. When he turned the water into wine, his mother says, Jesus, they are out of wine. Jesus, my time has not come. What's that got to do with me? She goes away as if Jesus is not going to do anything. Tell the servants, do what he says. And when he turns the water into wine, the, the head of the head, the master of the ceremony comes and says, man, this, this wine is better than the first. You brought up the best last. That's uncommon. So even though it appears that Jesus is not going to do anything, sometimes Jesus will test us and push us how much. But with the Syrophoenician woman, he grants her request, and then we see a multitude of people coming to the Lord. And what does this show? Not only is the Lord concerned about the children that he came for, the children of Israel, but the overflow And his plan was to always bring the Gentiles and others to him. And the group that is now fed shows in God's compassion, Jesus' compassion, I have concern for my own group. I've got concern for the Gentile nation. And what he does, he feeds both groups and does a very similar miracle. So in this matter here, the Lord is showing that not only am I willing to deliver and bring what's needed to my own people that I've come from, but I'm willing to provide it for those people that are outside of the Jewish nation. When the disciples obeyed Jesus, deliverance was the result. When the disciples put before the people the bread, deliverance for the people was the result. And then the Bible said that they picked up Seven basketfuls after everyone was satisfied. Seven basketfuls. This is different than the basketfuls of the twelve, which were said to be wicker baskets, hand baskets. These were said to be, the word is actually hamper. It is the idea of what the apostle Paul, when in Damascus, was let down through the window. There were large baskets. Let me just say this in conclusion. The Lord shows that he can more than adequately meet the need, but the Lord does not waste his miracles. He tells them to pick up the remaining. It wasn't the scraps that they ate from. It was the extra that he provided. But the Lord doesn't waste his miracles. The Lord's blessings are full to overflowing. 
but he won't waste his miracles. The Lord will bless you abundantly, but you've got to use what he has given you. When the people left, they were well-fed, they were nourished, and nobody fainted on the way because of hunger. If you are fainting on the road, it's not because the table is not set. It's because you're not eating the food that's prepared. If you're in the land of starvation in your spiritual life, why? We go through all types of things. But when you come to the table of the Lord, he has compassion. Hmm. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Today, Lord, may we learn to come to you because you have compassion for us. And even though we at times express doubt, may we learn to go on to obedience so that there may be deliverance. When we look at the disciples, we oftentimes complain and say, how could the disciples do that? But they often are a reflection of what and how we treat you. When you've proven yourself over and over again, we oftentimes doubt, Lord, are you going to bring us through the next time? When there's a new challenge to us, rather than reflecting on how good God has been, we worry and lose sleep because we don't know if God's going to meet our need. Today, Lord, may we place ourselves in such a position That we never want to leave your presence. Just like the crowd stayed three days because they didn't want to leave. We cannot come to you and not have you meet our needs, Lord. Today we are grateful that you have invited us to come in. To invite it, you have invited us. And we honor you. We give you glory. The glorious name of Jesus. Let me say this as we conclude. If you don't know the Lord... All you have to do is say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be in Christ. That's it. Then walk with him. Decision that you can make. Stand to your feet, please. As we leave this place, as we leave this place, remember, from compassion to doubt, From obedience to deliverance. God bless you. Have a good day.